Hello guys and welcome to another episode of The Film Angle. My name is Chris. And I'm Alex. And uh, we've been catching up on all our Marvel films lately, uh, ready in time to catch Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which this time Alex and I managed to see together. Yes, yes. Chris ventured all the way up to Bristol to spend the weekend with me. Um with his with his girlfriend as well, just yeah, you know, you know, just want to check that out of there. Uh, She's my bodyguard. <laughs> we don't want to we don't want to start any rumors. We don't want to start any rumors uh, just yet. The rumors have been going on for years. <laughs> but yes, but uh, now we've got a, a bigger platform, of course. We don't want to we don't want to get the rumors going even further. Uh, okay, okay, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> what the big platform bit? <laughs> <laughs> All of it. All of it. <laughs> Yep, mm. Chris ventured up to Bristol to uh, spend the weekend uh, with me, and we got to see Doctor Strange uh, while you were here, and uh, and get a bit drunk on Saturday night. Yes, to the point that it's almost erased my memory of Doctor Strange. So it should be a pretty good episode. Yes, yeah. Thankfully, we we were very smart to go the morning before we got drunk. Yes, exactly. Which I think would have been best. I'm not sure this film would have been great on a hangover. No, because this film is crazy. It is. Yeah. I, I don't think that's an understatement. Yeah, it's it's unrelentingly fast and and just kind of lots of ideas being thrown around everywhere. Just everything's being thrown at the screen. Um, Sam Raimi's back. Uh, and it, it, just before we head on as well, we should say this is a spoiler review. If you didn't read the description, this is spoilers. So if you haven't seen Doctor Strange... And you're not fussed by spoilers, then keep listening. If you are fussed by spoilers, go watch the film, then come back. And if you've watched the film, then uh, yeah, uh, let us know what you think and uh, listen to what we think right now. Yeah, I was really excited for this film, seeing that it was Remy's return to the superhero genre. You and I, I think, fair to say, maybe not like crazy fans, but we're big fans of Raimi's work. We've, we're big fans of the Tobey Maguire Spider, Spider-Man films. So um, yeah. probably, you know, Spider-Man 2 is my favorite superhero movie of all time. So that gave me a lot of reason to be looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man 2 is also my favorite superhero movie of all time. Um, massive fan of that. I, I actually hadn't seen, apart from the Spider-Man films, I hadn't really seen much else from Sam Raimi up until... Uh, recently because I thought I would try and catch up with some of his films and also Chris uh, and I more so Chris you introduced me to the blank check with Griffin and David another another fellow podcast and um, and they're doing a bit of a a Sam Raimi looking back through his films so I've been trying to catch up on a few that have really interested me and I've wanted to catch up with and then listen to those podcasts as well but um yeah I recently watched the Evil Dead films which I'm really glad I did because I think Multiverse of Madness takes a lot of things from that from the kind of energy uh of the Evil Dead films yes that's what I was looking forward to in this film I wanted that from Remy and I, I think with the title when you know the Multiverse of Madness is kind of probably one of the strongest more in-your-face titles to come from a Marvel movie, and that paired with a name like Raimi's and the reputation that that brings with that. There is an expectation to to see those sort of evil dead um, idiocies come up, and uh, we definitely get it. I think more in the third act of the film, but we definitely do, we do definitely get that. Uh, as soon as they start delving into the multiverse it, it, and into the horrors of 
of uh, kind of the Scarlet Witch who becomes the villain in this piece, um, they really start to kind of uh, play with the camera and and kind of play with the kind of horror tropes that you'd expect in something that maybe uh, is is a, 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 a rated higher in terms of age verification because um, this this film truly pushes the the boundaries of a 12a it's 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 quite i, I don't know if i'd say scary but it, i mean for kids definitely but like it's more it's just creepy and quite um disturbing at times yeah yeah it, a lot of the imagery is really detailed as well and doesn't shy away when you get you know certain creatures well like, this is a spoiler review so i i can say we get like these demonic demons that kind of Doctor Strange reanimates his corpse towards the end of the movie. Obviously, at the beginning, he a version of him that we are introduced to at the beginning in the in the different multiverse dies. Um, trying to what what is he what's he trying to do? Uh, well, uh, he's trying to save America Chavez, if I can remember rightly, and then yes. uh, and then as it looks like all hope might be lost, he's like, "You can't control your powers, uh, but I could control them." I'm really sorry, but for the greater good, I'm I'm gonna basically rip the powers from your body right now and kill you. Um, but that doesn't go to plan as the creature stabs Doctor Strange in the side, um, and America Chavez has to go on to this uh, this journey alone, um, not knowing, I guess, as she meets the next Doctor Strange, whether you know she can trust him to to keep her safe or not as well. Um, yes, and recent- this is our Doctor Strange. Yes, our Doctor Strange, um, who's dealing with his own issues, um, which is uh, actually like going on to that point. It, that that is my favorite part of the film is is everything to do with Doctor Strange's internal struggle, um, yeah. and there's a lot of that at the start, and it maybe isn't pushed upon in the middle act of the film where it's just like action, 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 and then maybe brought back again at the end uh, to kind of have a conclusion into his kind of mental state after all he's seen and done and 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 had to deal with um those were kind of my favorite parts of the film i, I found the action especially t- towards the end starting to get a little bit like i was glazing over um because it is just yes. non-stop and it's uh yeah it gets a bit wild the movie just looks slightly different to any marvel film you've seen even the angles, the way it's shot, everything, the timing, the piercings, just a little bit different, enough to kind of keep you really like leaning over in your seat and really looking forward to what's going to come up next on screen. Um, but yeah, yeah, maybe it, it did get a little bit um, fetishized with, with the action towards the middle to the end part where really right, okay, there's so much going on here. There's so much visual stimulation that I'm really kind of struggling to really keep engaged with the story, even though it's not a hard plot to follow. It's not, you know, overly complicated for a movie to do with multiverses. It's not that complicated, but it is a little bit, it needs to tighten up a little bit in areas, even though it's only a two-hour film, which is quite short for Marvel standards. Yeah, yeah. I was quite happy to see, uh, I'm kind of, you know, a little bit over the bloated superhero films. Uh, I I, I like to see a nice, (laughs) tight uh, two hours um, even two yeah. hours is quite long, really. But um, I, I, I guess when you've got the multiverse to contend with, it does make sense. Um, though that being said, in terms of multi multiverse stuff, I think it it it's definitely works for the story. But I think fans who have might go in expecting 
uh, cameos every second and, and different versions of your favorite characters popping up uh, at all times. Might be a little bit disappointed, but I, I guess that depends what you're looking for out of a Marvel film. Do you want like a, do you just want to clap at the screen and be like, hey, I saw that person? And it's worth mentioning that like between us, I'm a massive Marvel fan grew up reading the comics and stuff like that. And Chris, you're, you're kind of more of a casual fan, would you say of the Marvel stuff? I think, I think I fall in and out of love of it from time to time. I think that comes from oversaturation. Like the, the coin, the coin phrase, Marvel fatigue definitely comes in from time to time. But I I think I've recently, I have grown a bit more of a, a closer appreciation for the films. Now that it's the dust has settled a little bit post end game. Um, where I've kind of been able to take a step back and watch the movies in my own time and take them for what they are away from the sort of fanfare that we get from the, yeah. from these films. Um, yeah, I, I've been really enjoying catching up with these films and some of these, um, a lot of them, I see them in a different light. So I was really, really excited. I, I, I'm considering myself, you know, I'm, I'm, get, I'm warming up to becoming more of a fan than I ever was. So I'm, I'm thankful for that, at least. I always like speaking to you about the Marvel films because we kind of go in from different angles. I think um, even though I am a huge nerd and obviously I like to see the cameos and the Easter eggs, like that is fun. I think I can still yeah. have a, a, a critical eye and be like, Oh no. I, no. I am here for this. At the end of the day, I'm here for the story. That's what brought me to the comics and, and stuff like that. I mean, I'm here for the story. Um, and I do like the fact that Dr. Strange kind of maybe narrowed its vision a little bit um, in, in, having the multiverse uh help the story rather than just being about the multiverse itself which mm-hmm. i think it, i had a little bit of where it might have gone down but yeah i mean being a nerd it does mean that these films probably can win me over easier uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh but i do like to think like you know i enjoy most of them uh but some of them i think are, are excellent and, and and brilliant but um yeah I, I think with this one i i enjoyed it uh, I don't think I loved it, but um, I liked I liked what it was doing, and I liked that it had a little bit more of its own kind of style about it, which is is definitely brought in from Sam Raimi. Oh, it certainly does, yeah. It, I mean, it takes its characters. Well, it's it's villain, our tur- our um, turn villain of Wanda Maximoff. It really takes her into uh, into a really dark territory. I think she does things that are probably even more horrible than what Thanos really does in terms of a character's mindset of justification. I mean, yes, she's dealing with grief, but um, it's really, it's taken to another, another level of, of delusion. Obviously that's because she is somewhat possessed in this movie. Yeah. I mean, they give her a bit of an out in terms of like the dark hold, which is a book that she's been uh, using demon book to kind of see through the multiverse and it's kind of corrupted her mm-hmm. um and she's seen versions of her kids which are which were she made in a magical way during the events of wandavision the tv show <laughs> i've seen i've seen the memes of this already <laughs> yeah uh the, you know you, your children aren't real you made them with magic didn't all mothers is is kind of the standout line um <clears throat> which i guess is quite nice um but yeah, I mean, that, that being said, I don't think you have to watch WandaVision, but I mean, it's kind of like the Marvel films have come so far now that you can't, you, it's difficult to go in fully blind and you will definitely have a better experience not going in blind. You could go in without watching an eight episode TV show, um, but you 
you do have more of a um, an emotional connection to Wanda because, like you said, she does some horrific things, but you you know what a a kind of kind uh, person she can be, and you yes. know ex- exactly what she's been through leading up to these events. Um, that being said, she kills a lot of people, and uh, like she kills, she kills uh, like wasn't it like nearly all the sorcerers in Carmitage? Like she ends up yeah. killing a bunch of those. Uh, I mean, she, she is actively she is willing to kill other children to save her children. Yes, which is problematic. I mean, that goes to that just goes to complete delusional, where it's hard to sort of empathize with her. I think. I think because we were treated to so much of her and Vision, and we really do get the attachment between them two, and, and it's really sweet their relationship and Bethany and mm. Bethany and Olsen play off each other so well that we do. It's hard not to feel sorry for her in any capacity. Exactly. Which is why I'm surprised that Vision didn't even get a mention. I'm not saying I want him to show up and you know mm, clap the screen, but <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised there wasn't some kind of emotional thread there because those two really like the marvel the mcu so far has been relatively loveless they did a little bit at the start between like um thor and jane foster and robert down jr and gwyneth paltrow but they've kind of like not always picked up back up those threads but vision and scarlet witch developed like this quite beautiful romantic story that really plays out strongly in wandavision um both and that, grounded and very ethereal. Um, I would like. I was going to say throughout the whole of Wonder Vision, I was just saying, please don't make Wonder into the into the villain at the end of this. Please don't make Wonder into the villain at the end of this because I just wanted her and Vision to be together. And the, and it does like even though it makes sense in the in the film that she is a villain, um, like it, it it hurts. You know, it, it hurts as a fan um, to see her go through that, which I don't think you mm. would get as much. If you didn't watch it, but you would just be like, wow, this evil, evil lady who used to be an Avenger and a friend, you know, yeah, I mean, like if fully you, corrupted. If your last movie was Avengers Endgame and then you skipped WandaVision and jumped straight into this, it would be such a such a jerk reaction, wouldn't it? I mean, you'd be your 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 head would be spinning going like, OK, where, how did we get to here? And probably it would just be a frustrated viewing of feeling like you're the one who got not invited to the party yeah yeah definitely definitely <laughs> obviously we've spoken a lot about wanda uh but she and well she kind of is the mvp in this film but it isn't her film it is benedict cumberbatch's film mm-hmm. um what did you what did you think oh he's great i i, I i'm a big uh cumberbatch fan anyway but it, yeah i think he's even having more fun not he's really kind of set into the role yeah. No, I you know. I, I think we get more of a Avengers Infinity War version of him than than maybe the first Doctor Strange movie, um, which I, I I like. I think he's really funny. I think Cumberbatch, like Hemsworth for Donnie Junior, has got the comedy chops and use that to its full potential. I say. Yeah, I I loved uh, I loved the first Doctor Strange as well. I I think it's a very underrated Marvel film. Hundred um, percent. I think it. It, even though it follows a kind of an origin, a basic origin story, um, I think it is quite good. And I, I think he is different to Iron Man because that was a lot of the criticisms thrown. But like um, Iron Man was arrogant, but he was never nasty. Um, and Doctor Strange can be quite nasty uh, when he when he 
when he wants yeah. to be. And obviously, some of that nastiness—well, a lot of that nastiness—has now gone as he as he's progressed as a character. Um, but now he's kind of like the nastiness has turned to the sadness of uh, of um, you know what am I? Did I make the right decisions in previous films that that kind of cost a, a lot of? Uh, a lot of hardship on the earth um, with Thanos mm-hmm. and stuff. Am, am, am I am I doing the right thing here? I've lost the girl, not not dead, but you know she's she's. I'm not with her. Um, yeah. You know I'm not the Sorcerer Supreme. I'm just kind of going through life, <laughs> and he's well, not he's not his happiest self. Yeah, I I wouldn't call it nastiness like per, per se. I would say it's more sort of like a clinical indifference front that he puts up, which is sort of part of that sort of culture that that religious monk kind of culture that he that he kind of adopts and being objectively right about things. Mm. Um, also being in tandem with, I think it's a front for covering his emotions. Um, I think I think that's more in part of how Cumberbatch plays the character, and there is a sadness. Um, to him and and even when he's being nasty it doesn't feel like it's completely like that's a completely true feeling that's coming towards from him as well yeah like the nastiness is obviously less like there's not really any of it i would say here um mm. obviously you can see the potential from other doctor stranges that he can go to those places but you you know it different variants of him that pop up or are spoken about um but i i guess it's almost as if like the film is like this is the nice doctor strange you know, <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. know, you're lucky that this universe, uh, this is the nice version of Doctor Strange. And I think he kind of gets that by the end as well. He's like, oh, I'm I'm, you know, I'm the I've got less troubles than these guys. <laughs> I could deal with these things. And like uh, he, you know, his kind of friendship with America Chavez as, as they as they travel through is, is really quite sweet. And he's quite protective of her. Mm, um, yeah. Do you think that's rubbed off on him from his previous interactions with the Avengers and uh, especially Peter Parker in the last Spider-Man movie where Peter's decisions were more informed by emotion and probably strange was a little bit more clinical. I'm uh, sure. In the first act of that movie. I'm sure, I'm sure um, Benedict Cumberbatch is playing it that way. Cause obviously he has the baggage of, of these kind of films. Whereas I know um, there's been a few interviews with Sam Raimi where he said like, he hasn't caught up with everything. So like he didn't see one division prior to filming this uh which i know (laughs) is like uh rubs some people the wrong way but it's almost like you you do need to let directors just have their own take sometimes and i'm sure a producer would step in you know feige would step in if if he if he went too far um i don't think everybody's gonna be happy with the decisions that were made here but i think they make a very good villain out of wonder yeah for someone he hasn't hasn't really seen the main arc of her story that uh that's actually really surprising. I didn't. I didn't know that fact. He still. He still hasn't seen one division up to this point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he still hasn't seen it. Like he hasn't had time to see it yet. But... I'm sure, he's a busy guy. But yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the writer did. So you've got that. But um, yeah, I mean, but but it's almost like I'm not like she is a different character because she's been corrupted in here. So. The darker turn does make sense. I'm sure not everybody's gonna love the fact that Wanda's like full blown evil, but she, but she's a very good villain here, and Elizabeth Olsen plays it with such a a kind of um she's having fun being evil, but there's also you can see the pain behind her eyes oh, yeah. um because she is just somebody who wants to see her kids again. 
Yeah, I think you're just watching, watching Elizabeth Olsen grow as an actress. I've always been a big fan of her, but I think she's just getting this... Every iteration of this role that she's had to play in various films, she's just getting better and better and better at it. Yeah, she's honing in way more and what makes the character tick. She's great. I mean, I loved her in One Division, and she really was able to play on those sitcom tropes really well, and became an the embodiment of them. It's like she kind of, well, I, which is interesting because both of her sisters were were very well known uh, child actress performers in a sitcom, so in their own sitcom. So yes. maybe that rubbed off on her quite a lot, and she grew up around that culture very well. It's also um, funny to see her doing that stuff because I, I think at the start of her career, she wanted to distance herself from her sisters, didn't she? She was very yeah. much an indie darling for quite a while. And I think yeah. a, a lot of us were probably surprised to see her take the role of, of uh, Wanda Maximoff um, when she popped up in Age of Ultron because she she was just like an indie kid at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and I I enjoy movies like Wind River. It was a really good performance from her too. Martha um, Marcy May Marlene. That I think that was like yeah. At least the the I'm not sure if it was the debut film, but like that was the one where she was the lead and really kind of like made a massive kind of impact. Um, yeah, yeah, she's very good. Very good. And spoiler alert: she kind of kind of dies in this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not fully convinced she's dead because. You know, it was yeah. Nobody dies in, in Marvel, uh, but there was a uh, as as she brings down this. Um, I can't remember the name of the tomb, but it, it basically it's got the dark hold scribings on it, and she's got to destroy it to kind of stop the corruption and 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 not break the multiverse. Um, she brings it down on herself, but as it comes down on itself, there is like a bubble of red energy just before the end, and I do wonder if that's just to signify like, yeah, if we need to bring her back. We will have an excuse somewhere, which is, I don't know, a little bit annoying sometimes, but uh, I almost don't want to see Elizabeth Olsen leave the Marvel Universe anytime soon. I, I I love seeing her as the Scarlet Witch. But yeah, that's actually, that's, I didn't think about that. That's quite confusing. I now remember there's like a burst of energy, um, right? Like a good couple of seconds after like the whole temple crushes it down on her. And I was like, I just kind of took that. I don't know. I didn't know how to take that, actually. It didn't really show its intention. It could be like, right, the spell is broken, or like yeah. everything's everything's gone, or yeah, or yeah, that could be interesting. Could it be a uh, way to bring mm, her back? I, I, I've got a feeling she'll probably be back. I just it's but a bit, what, of, it's a bit annoying see? sometimes, but yeah, I, I don't know because yeah. she, like, like we said, like there's she does things that are pretty hard to redeem. So it's, I mean, obviously you've got the out of oh, I was being corrupted by the dark hold. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be, uh, you're not going to be able to just come back pretty, pretty, and just join the Avengers, uh, just like that, probably going forward in the film. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. she kills a whole, she kills another world's team of Avengers, which ends up being the big, um, kind of cameos. Um, yeah. Should we talk about how the cameos yeah, work in this yeah. film? Yeah. I mean, it, teased in the trailer was Professor X. Um, Patrick Stewart's Professor X, so you get to see a, a version of of, of him um, driving a Lamborghini. Yeah, the the big old uh, like the nineties cartoon um, wheelchair, bright yellow. I don't great. see how he can get through any doorways <laughs> uh, with his mind. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. And the it's, the, it's the way out every time. It's, 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 Professor X, man, it's his mind. Um, 
you also get Black Bolt from the Inhumans, which was a bit of a weird one, because um, that was the mm-hmm. Inhumans TV show, which, I mean, I didn't even see it. It was it was supposedly so bad, Marvel just wants you to forget about it. Um, again, a different version of that character. Uh, a fan casting, which, um, which, which I guess is what people probably wanted more of, uh, where you had... Um, John Krasinski turn up as Reed Richard, a.k.a. Um, Mr. Fantastic. Uh, and then you also had the Monica Rambeau version of Captain Marvel and the uh, Peggy Carter version of Captain America, which is Captain Britain or Captain Carter, as they call her here. Um, and yeah, they turn up for about five minutes and then they get slaughtered. Yeah. Yeah. In I mean, that's almost some ways. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, we were having this debate about um, afterwards about how Captain Marvel, their version of Captain Marvel, gets her ass handed to her by Wanda. And I don't know, I'm not a big reader of the comics, but I always understood that Captain Marvel was like, you know, the OP, the Superman of this of this universe, the the one that just could kick 10 Avengers ass at once. Yeah, I guess uh, my understanding was Wanda's pretty powerful. Um, but yeah, I mean... I, Captain Marvel in the films definitely is is pretty uber powerful as well, so it's it's quite difficult to know. Um, though that being said, Wanda in the comics has just warped realities. So like there was a very famous run uh, called the House of M, where she just whispered "No more mutants," and half the mutant pop- population just died. Maybe I stand corrected, but we're talk. But if you're talking though, I mean, we're talking about the general public going to see this movie. Um, have eighty to ninety percent of them haven't read the comics, probably not even read one. Um, so if you're talking about the continuity of the films, though, I think that might startle a few people in terms of who's most, you know, who they thought in their mind was was powerful, or you know. But I was able to overlook that. I mean, I think it's we, we came to the conclusion it's never multiverse. Perhaps their version of this superhero isn't as powerful as our version. I think maybe there's a, an element of like. All right. As much as it would be cool to see a massive fight between these guys, that isn't the point, and we do need to like this needs to move the story forward. They're just an obstacle. Get rid of them because they all get their asses handed to them pretty easily. Like it would have been cool to see all of them fight a bit more. Uh, Reed Richards gets just uh, like shredded, essentially uh, pulled yeah. apart into tiny pieces, and you don't even get you barely get to see his powers uh, on screen, which would kind of been a first for the MCU. Um, Captain Marvel gets a bit of a fight, but again, chopped in half with a shield. Black Bolt doesn't even get, literally doesn't get a word in, uh, <laughs> as his mouth is shut and his own powers are kind of reversed on him just to destroy his skull. Um, yeah. it really pushes it. It really pushes it. <laughs> yeah, that's almost like, actually, it kind of reminded me of almost like, uh, the big fights again at Game of Thrones. Like a episode or something like that, where we kind of think, right, you got your expectations, a big fight, and then a slaughter happens, and it's kind of like watching just a butchering. But um, mm. it's pretty cathartic to watch. I mean, she's um, Wanda's drenched in blood, and it's quite a quite a cool cinematic image to see here. See her just kind of cruising down these hallways and fits of rage, and just anyone who's in her path is probably not going to get out of. The- they're uh alive yeah. so it's kind of those those flourishes were really fun to see and that's was, where was... like sam raimi's style really kicks in like the camera starts to 
do some cool transitions and stuff like mm. that and you and you and it's quite it's move like the camera's moving uh fast paced chasing after people and stuff like that so you you really get to see his kind of style which he which he brought about in the evil dead um really kind of get unleashed on a marvel film uh which i guess uh not always the most kind of visually stunning films um and and probably safe to say don't don't play outside the box too much like this one does. Um, I think a lesser director probably wouldn't have maybe gone forward with the Doctor Strange fights Doctor Strange with musical notes. <laughs> um, I think that's yeah. the kind of bonkers that Sam Raimi brings to the table. Yeah. Um, did you find that? Did you find that like was intentionally a funny like a funny fight? Like it was supposed to be kind of. Yeah, I definitely uh, laughed humorous. at bits of okay. it. Like, like I, I, I think it, it hits that style that the Evil Dead Two did, right? Like it's, it's yes, cool and it's funny and it's kind of creepy horror at the same time because obviously the that version of Doctor Strange is quite, um, well, I think he's called Sinister, Sinister Strange. He looks pretty sinister, um, mm. but then you know, I guess our Doctor Strange starts fighting him with these magical music notes, but the score works with it to create this kind of bonkers yes. crescendo and crashing musical notes into each other it's really fun yeah that was probably like it it, it was really left field I, I i actually i'm glad you laughed at it because i think i thought i was the only one in the whole in the whole room laughing at it um so I must I have been... it's like oh am i getting the tune run here <laughs> i must have been quietly laughing then because we were we were holding hands throughout the whole thing Oh well, it started off with you touching my lap, and then where I I moved I moved to the other side. I I moved to the other side of the room, and then you followed me. I need to see this again. It so much happens in this movie. It really it's it's a film that needs a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Should we say that? Well, I, that I, I you're a big are you a big fan of uh, the last Spider Man Spider Man No Way Home in terms of how he deals with the multiverse stuff. Yeah, yeah, I I would say I am. I'm like uh, I think we might have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'm a massive Spider-Man fan. He is my favorite. So I can I do go into those films quite critical sometimes. Um uh, but that film kind of won me over like it was quite good fun. Um and I think they used their cameos in a in a way to enhance the story. Which I really liked. See, that's where I felt that film lost it for me. I'm, I'm glad that Doctor Strange um, ex- exercised its restraint there a little bit more. Um, see, I, str- I struggle with No Way Home. I, I almost thought like if you took those nostalgic throwback elements of the cameos and you took it away from the film, what was left over was kind of um, subpar Marvel. Um, I, I think I just find Spider-Man's choices in that movie a little bit uh, but to I know it, the part of the character is to be naive and emotion first, but it was naive to the point of uh, second juicing. Okay. <laughs> um, which is quite. I, I've always been a fan of actually uh, the Doctor Strange character in these films because he's a little bit more practical. Um, and whenever the motion comes out and it's we're getting a little bit more of the cracks appearing in this film, that's kind of the flourishes that I really enjoyed and i think that's yeah. what i think you agree to the um the human side the the non-perfect side of doctor strange yes well i think the the film straight up deals with practicality and 
an emotion, doesn't it? Because I think there's there's many an out that wouldn't probably be the popular choice for Strange to finish things, but uh, he could do it. And but he he chooses not to. He has to put his trust in others and and kind of not take the lead in a way. Um, and kind of, I guess that's very much as we were talking about earlier, the start of the film, a version of Doctor Strange just being like, I'm going to kill this kid, it's for the greater good. Um, and him kind of being like, no, I trust you to, to take this fight and uh, and save the day. There you go. And whilst, whilst reanimated with a dead Doctor Strange corpse, which has got to be one of the more creative finales from Marvel in a long time. It really like lings in to... Um... It's, it was almost reminded me of that Billy performance that we get the Hocus Pocus movie with that, like the way he moves his body with that. It's almost like something out of Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson thriller video where he's just like, you know, he's just moving his head in sharp angles and really goofing it up. But um, you get used to it really quickly and it's quite fun just to kind of watch it. The makeup's great. Yeah, the makeup's really good. Really good. And it, 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 pro- it looks, I doubt it, is all practical, but it it has that practical feel to it. Um, like yeah, a, like I think art. Marvel's got really good at doing that lately. I think the same thing with Thanos was um was I don't know what, what did they do for Josh Brolin. I mean, like his his face is so good in that movie where it looks almost like a combination of both makeup and CGI. Obviously, more CGI than makeup, yeah. but there is uh, such I think a human it was element. All mo-cap. I think it was all mocap. It's incredible. They're getting really good at that sort of stuff and really blending that really well so it yeah. doesn't look like just a generic alien henchman guy coming down and uh i think they tested makeup on brolin there's a picture out there i'll have to find it for you chris at some point again show you but there was an, a, a picture came out where they had tested doing the thanos makeup on him and it looked it actually looked really good they, they were i think they were looking into doing like a good mix of practical but yeah in the end i guess they thought the cgi was good enough for mocap and i mm-hmm. guess i guess it was because he, he looked like you said, he looked he looked amazing. So where does this where does where are we left now post post this film? You know, uh, the end credit scenes is as hinted at uh, definitely more Doctor Strange on its way. I think it even it even said at the end Doctor Strange will return. Um, and then with his dodgy get, third eye, with his dodgy third eye, with a movie with loads of really cool visual flair, uh, it probably got the simplest thing wrong. <laughs> Yeah, the third eye did not look great. <laughs> it looks a bit airbrushed on, especially around the edges. It doesn't look like it belongs to his body. Yeah, and it's like the post-credits really takes away because the film ends on the shot of this third eye opening on his head and him like screaming in the middle of the street. And then the post-credits, yeah. he's like, yeah, no, I've got, got a third eye that pops out every now and then. And you're like, what? You just... <laughs> completely just like ruined the kind of the tension of that of that final yeah. shot yeah it almost seemed like a horror element or something with it like t- yeah w- yeah and then it completely now it's just something it's like an extra power he has now um so yeah i don't know if he lives with that thing now if it's just gonna be on his head so i don't think if his relationship um issues are really going to improve with this i think you could bring it out like when he needs it for whatever reason <laughs> i've I think that's probably what it's gonna. It's probably it'll probably look better in the next movie and look like a completely different sort of effect. But um, yeah, it, there's there's more on its way. It's we're kind of at this funny state of Marvel at the movie where we're not we're playing around with the timelines. We're not there's not really a big arc. I think it's the first 
time we haven't really had a big arc of Marvel. I know Phase One technically didn't, but it felt like it was always building up to hinting yeah. at more things. So we always had that sort of pull, and I always kind of worked with that. But now we're sort of like in this limbo of, which is cool because now directors can ha- kind of ha- do their own thing to a degree and experiment with with the protocol a little bit and just do their own thing. But uh, it's being interesting. It'll be interesting to see how people turn up for these movies now. Now that you've, we've got more homework to do, we've got loads of TV shows, and. Um, I don't know. People want to do the work, or, or people are always going to be queuing up to see these films. Yeah, I'm. I'm almost kind of happy that there isn't, or doesn't seem to be like an overarching thing because we've we've just had that, and there does come a point when each film is just hype for the next one. And uh, you know, I think yeah. phase, uh, phase two of Marvel was very much like each film had a different magical stone, which obviously like the end game of that, which was Avengers end game and infinity war was great, but like they all had the same MacGuffins and stuff like this. Whereas I, I, I just want to delve deeper into the characters. I don't think multiverse of madness gave me the, the perfect character stuff that I wanted. Um, but it definitely was just set within Dr. Strange's world. Uh, the world mm-hmm. of magic, its own thing for a minute. Um, I'm 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 happy just to have these films play out and have interesting stories. Like, only make a film if you've got an interesting story to tell. And I think there was yeah. something interesting here that they did. Um, I think it's also fair to mention that a really good Sam Raimi trait, which I from the very big first fight scene where you see the big giant tentacle monster, the big eye, big eyeball. Um, there is that Sam Raimi flair that we get the Spider Man movies where he really likes to personalize. Um, public members of the public could really kind of share the camera with our heroes and normal people just in the street or side characters and he gives enough time to sort of like flesh that out and kind of raise the stakes a little bit um, the world so, feels a bit more lived in yes yeah. definitely yeah we got we got we spend time with like a, a lady running away with her with her child in the pram or, or whatever or people uh, at a windowsill near, nearby who are witnessing the fight and there's a little bit more like free dimensionality going on with you know with the fight and it's not just the good guys versus the fight and then we're, we're getting one one two we're getting a little bit more of a a, a little bit more of a, um, a 3d look at what's kind of going on which is yeah something i really appreciate yeah yeah definitely Definitely. So, I mean, you've been catching up on the Marvel films uh, recently where, you know, does this slot into top 10 for you? Like, how does this how does this rank in the in the Marvel world? Is it top tier, mid tier, bottom tier down there with Ant-Man and Spider-Man Far From Home? (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know about that one but uh, i i think i think it's fair to say i think this one more than any i've seen recently is definitely the one i think where i'm gonna have to watch this again and kind of take my time and really because there's so much there are so many splashes of of imagery or or images being thrown at you of all shapes and sizes for the film that you kind of you kind of suffer memory loss <laughs> yeah. by the end of it. I we I remember because uh, we came out and I was like, "How did that person die again?" Oh yeah, and what happened in that scene? Because like, there's so much going on that you kind of miss yeah. some of the intricacies. For once, it's the film I could say, right? Okay, maybe make us two and a half hours long and spend a little bit more time just kind of 
pacing yourself out a little bit and i think you would have had a slightly better movie um but i think it's solid i think it's good solid mid-tier marvel fair and i think it's definitely worth seeing for anybody um probably in a like i said in a really big screen probably biggest screen possible because there's so much density to what's going on on the screen at any given time so i think yeah um it's great i i I enjoyed it not top 10 though not top 10 no no i think i think it was definitely mid-tier marvel for me but I'm, i'm happy to see that they've let a director like put some flair on it um so it's almost like it's it's like a promising promising entry in the marvel universe uh, I'm I'm happy that they they allowed somebody to be a little bit more playful in the comic book world because comics are mm-hmm. playful um, and kind of put their own spin on things and and just be a little bit ballsy with you know some of the shots and just some of the decisions made like you know and and even just some of the fight scenes and stuff like that it's just like interesting choices were made which I can't imagine everybody was on board with all the time. And I don't imagine all fans will be, but I much prefer a film that kind of, you know, creates conversation rather than just like another safe play from Marvel. Um, Do you think they chose Raimi as sort of like a little foot in the door to make their movies a little bit edgier in time for the new Blade? Could that be a possibility to kind of warm us up? Maybe, but they had, they had Scott Derrickson, um, attached you obviously did the first film but his his mm. kind of forte is very much within the horror world as well he did sinister um and he's got yes, he's got that okay. new film coming out soon is it the phone book or the black book i can't remember oh With is, that, is that the one yes it's black book i think yeah. that looks incredible so it's like he definitely has the horror um uh credits to kind of like take this film in a similar direction but i i but obviously he stepped away due to creative differences. We all assumed mm. it would be because Marvel didn't want to make a straight up horror film, which I think he was edging for. And even though this isn't a horror film, it definitely takes, it's definitely the most horror like film of Marvel. Maybe, maybe Sam Raimi just had more, um, you know, he's got more of a legendary status and maybe Marvel mm. felt more comfortable with him taking the helm. And that's the thing. If you're going to do it, you have to really not just dip your toes in, you've got to really submerge your whole body. Yeah, it's kind of like when um, Bayona was directing the second Jurassic World movie. And that movie is completely, if you pause that film, exactly dead center, um, it turns from one movie to another. you got a safe Jurassic World movie to start off with. Yeah. And then it turns into, through the director of Bone, horror sort of movie. And uh, it didn't, it that movie ultimately doesn't work for that reason. Um, so if you're gonna do it, let the guy, or you know, do this whole thing. And uh, I'm I'm glad they let Remy's little touches show up all the way through all this. You know, keeps it a bit more coherent. Yeah, I mean, you like it's worth saying. Uh, you can still tell he's working within the Marvel machine. Uh, but they're definitely he seems to be. Uh allowed to like let loose a little bit more and not many directors it feels like sometimes have that chance taika waititi i think did a little bit james gunn definitely feels like he's been able to create his own kind of um atmosphere maybe because it was more unknown characters but they seem to have the flair that kind of distinguishes their franchises Mm -hmm. um and i think sam raimi may have just done the same for doctor strange um yeah be interesting to see 
what happens next and what Sam Raimi does next because obviously this is his kind of comeback after stepping away from film since Oz the Great and Powerful, I think. Yeah, was it? Yeah, and before that, yeah, it was Drag Me to Hell and then Oz Great and Powerful. Yeah, yeah, he needed a bit of a good book. I see, yeah, it's a, a lot of time between making movies, really, isn't it? Yep, yep. He's always had big gaps. Like I don't think his filmography is that long. He's probably like, directed probably about ten movies or something, or ten to fifteen movies in his lifetime, maybe. Since yeah, the 70s. yeah, something like that. Something like that. Chris, when are we gonna have a full on fight? <laughs> oh right, okay, yeah, I know we're we're pretty agreeable at this stage, aren't we? Yeah, I swear we had uh, we back in our Toys R Us days, we were a little bit. We had a few more fights about films. Where have you have you softened? Mm. <laughs> We saw by saw by and you know what? I am I, I I actually I am a very kind reviewer. I think I think my letterbox re- reflects that too. I I I go into everything wanting to like it. Do you? Not? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, I I mean, you. I think I, like a, you saw my Atlantis Untold review or listened to it. Um, <laughs> you were very it, diplomatic. Exactly. I think I'm a diplomatic reviewer. <laughs> uh, so obviously. That was our Doctor Strange in, in the Multiverse of Madness spoiler review. I think we did tease at the end of last episode that we would catch up on a few more things like the Northmen and stuff like that. Um, and that obviously hasn't yeah, happened. But, uh, I mean, we were supposed to be recording this together in person. But I think we were a little bit too hungover um, on, on your last... <laughs> after we watched Doctor Strange and on your last day yeah. here, Chris. Um, so, yeah. We will discuss films like Northmen. Apollo 10 and a half in a future episode, probably the next one. But we just thought as this is very timely and probably a lot of people are uh, watching Doctor Strange. I know I love to come out of a film and kind of get like an accompaniment to it and hear other people talk about it and stuff like that. So 100%. that's what we're giving you here. Um, so I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, guys, if you like this episode or you like previous episodes so far, please uh, subscribe to us. We are on Instagram. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. Pretty much anywhere where you can get your podcast from. Uh, you can search for The Film Angle and we're there. Uh, please give us a little review as well. It's always nice to get feedback. Uh, tell us what we're doing right and definitely tell us what we're doing wrong because we, we're not shy of criticism. We would like to improve ourselves. Um, so yeah, that's another episode of The Film Angle, guys. Uh, that's it for tonight. My name is Chris. And I'm Alex. Thanks, guys. Good night. Good night.